The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Friday, February 11th. So there's like a convergence of data that has made me think about you guys. And I'm wondering how you're feeling about it. So, you know, we got a very strong jobs report that came out a week ago. And then we also learned this week that prices are incredibly high, that inflation remains really high. I'm wondering how you guys are all feeling about that because, you know, we say this is the show where we uh, provide unconventional insights on your money. I'm wondering whether you're feeling the pinch of inflation. Maybe you're not. Maybe you've got plenty of money. You just absorb it. But it stands to reason that some of you are feeling the pinch more than others And also just the fact that the labor market is so tight would really indicate that there are conversations that you should be having with your bosses. So here's what I want to do. I want to start this episode by playing a uh, segment that aired last Saturday, and it's about the jobs report. It was from CBS Saturday Morning, and it is with anchors Jeff Glor, Michelle Miller, and Dana Jacobson. So we do a big picture what's what happened with the jobs report. So let's get that under our belts. Let's let's get the numbers down. Let's get some of the situation. And then on the other side of it, Mark and I are going to do something really fun. Okay, here we go. The number of U.S. jobs has surged. The Labor Department said Friday the nation added 467,000 new positions in January, higher than many economists had predicted. The unemployment rate ticked up slightly to 4%, up from 3.9% the month before. And the Labor Department revised its job creation numbers for November and December, saying 709,000 jobs were created. Here to tell us what it all means, CBS News senior business analyst Jill Schlesinger. Jill, good to see you here. Great to be with you. Um, The White House was preparing everyone all week that these numbers might be bad. They weren't. Tell us about them and why. Well, it was really important that economists wanted to set the bar low because we had no idea because these surveys are taken in the first couple of weeks of every month. That could mean that we're going to see really weird numbers because of the variant. You know what happened? The labor market stomped Omicron. (laughs) This was like an unbelievably better than expected. As you said, 467,000 jobs created. You know, I saw estimates for 400,000 loss of jobs. Wow. And I think that was really great was that there was broad-based hiring. We were worried that we would see leisure and hospitality and bars and restaurants really feel the brunt of this. They added 151,000 jobs. Professional and business services adding jobs. Retail adding jobs. So 
It was a very good report. This report also looked back to 2021. What, what, what stuck out most for you there? I think that we should never get too excited on the good side and too worried on the downside. So we have these revisions. They come out once a year, these benchmark revisions. If we look at last summer, that's when we thought, oh, we've got a couple million jobs each month in June and July. Those numbers were taken down. But Consequently, at the end of the year, when we were really worried, I came on the air, I said, oh, my God, we, they were weak reports in right. November and December. Those were revised up. Net, net, a couple hundred thousand jobs added for the total year. 550,000 jobs on average every month. It was a wildly strong year. We've also had concern through the COVID uh, pandemic that we were seeing a shrinkage in the labor market. What have we learned? Well, with these revisions, we saw that the labor force participation is higher than we thought. And in fact, we're at a rate that's just below where we were pre-COVID. I mean, we're not all the way there, but a lot of the shrinking of the labor force has to do with retirements. And those were happening before COVID. And we now know that there are a lot of people who are over the age of 65 who said, I'm not going back in, it's too dangerous. That's okay. We do want to see the younger people come back in the labor force, and that is starting to happen. On the other side of shrinkage is inflation, which has been a big concern for the past year or more. There's a new report coming out this Thursday. What are you expecting? Well, we know that as of uh, December, prices up 7% from a year ago. And I don't think that that's, that's, a lot. that's a lot. And I'm not sure it's going to slow down. It could be higher than that. I think we're going to see high inflation for the next few months. Now, the actual supply chain issues are frankly starting to ease up just a touch. So the second half of the year should be better. But when you look at wages in this jobs report being up 5.7%, you've got to sort of say to yourself, but wait, we have inflation at 7% higher. Yeah. So a lot of people are still falling behind when we factor in prices. So just kind of like hold steady, sounds like. No, if you, no? If you, are, if you are not getting a raise at your job, go look for another one. Because all the evidence points to the fact that people do get more money when they leave their place of employment. That said, maybe you go to your boss, you want flexibility, you want some different hours, that could be important to you. But I just want to be clear, this is a tight labor market. Workers have leverage. First of all, let me just do a few more data points for everyone. I wrote a long piece about the great reshuffle because I don't want to call it the great resignation anymore because workers are switching jobs, you know, and they're probably taking some time off in between. So I just want to be clear about that. Now, the next part of this is there are some pretty amazing implications that inflation plays in this, right? Because we know that a lot of workers may be struggling, but maybe they just, they want new jobs, they want higher paying jobs, but others are just trying to figure out what it is that's important to them. So, you know, do you want more money? Do you want more flexibility? Do you want to move to a four-day work week? Do you want more vacation? All I want you guys to know is you've got a lot of power right now. So here is my idea, Mark. We want to help people have constructive conversations with their bosses. I think that freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. I was never I was never good at it. I never I always dreaded such encounters. How did you handle it? Like I can just imagine you going to Bill Felling. Yeah, forget that. That was like a total non starter. <laughs> I don't honestly I don't really think I did much of it throughout the course of my uh working in the corporate life. Mm -hmm. I just 
I'm just thinking back, like Arizona, yeah, I got some promotions along the way. So those came with natural pay increases. And when I was at CBS, you know, I was in a union, so there wasn't, there was no room for negotiation there. And then when, it, when I went to the TV side, I was under contract. So I never really had to do much of it. But you have a spouse who has had to do it. And I know that because my spouse coached your spouse about asking for more money. She's she's much better. I mean, way better than me when it comes to that stuff. She has no problem, you know, kicking down the door and going in and asking for what she deserves. I, <laughs> no problems at all. So I think the first part is that you really do have to figure out what you're asking for, right? I mean, because the other thing is like, if you just want straight pay, then, you know, you've got to make that your focus, right? But if you want increased flexibility or some other benefits, you know, you got to know that. But then you also have to do your research. And I think that when you were coming up in corporate America and, you know, when I first started, there wasn't as much research available. Now you kind of know exactly what's going on for a similar role in your industry or maybe even other opportunities outside of your industry, right? So you got to figure that out. Okay. So now let's go into how we should do this. Are you ready? Do you want to be the boss or do you want to be the, yeah, let's make you the boss. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Uh, knock, knock, knock. Um, hi, Mark. I'm here for our scheduled meeting. By the way, you should schedule this ahead of time. Don't just pop in. You know, you should put this on the schedule. And so I start like this. Mark, I just wanted to let you know, I am, I really love what I do here. I really, really, I enjoy my, my life so much and I have a, a really, really important role and I take it seriously. And um, I want to talk to you today about my arrangement with the with the company. I want to ask you about um, ways that maybe I want to restructure my deal with you. We obviously, we value you as well. Uh, I'm glad that you feel the way you do. So what did you have in mind? Let's talk about it. So I'm thinking that instead of me coming into a studio twice a week to record a podcast, that I would like to be able to record that podcast from home. And um, how do you feel about that, Mark? Well, let's talk about it a little bit more. Why, why exactly are you feeling that way? Has something changed in your life or just uh, everything that's been going on the past couple of years? What's I just feel this? like getting on the subway and coming down to the studio and walking into that building, it's just like an incredible waste of time. I could be so much more productive banging out the interviews that we have and, and being able to use technology to really enhance the show, it makes it so much richer. And in fact, it gives us a lot more flexibility if we are not tied to a studio. So in that respect, I feel like if we were just working from home and uh, my producer and I could bang the show out much more efficiently and maybe even leave room to do other things. Have you been doing this at all in the past few weeks or months? Has this been tested out? You know, amazingly, right before the pandemic even hit, my producer and I were able to test this out because um, he and his partner had a baby and we really wanted to make sure he could be home with a child. And so we've tested it out. It's seamless. It sounds great. And uh, I think that it really could be long term the way that we want, may want to manage our production. Look, I'm not opposed to it. How about this? Let me go back and listen to some of the more recent episodes that you guys have done. Let me let me take a listen, hear how it sounds. Uh, if it sounds okay, like I said, I'm not completely opposed to it. But what do you think about if we have some sort of, you know, meet in the middle? Uh, maybe once once a month or once every couple months you come in studio. That way, at least you have a little face time with everyone else. 
uh, once a month so that I come into the newsroom and see other people seems completely reasonable to me. Uh, and I would be happy to do that. So I'm willing to do that. And we can do it for a trial basis for six months and then revisit this in six months and see how we how we feel about it. How does that sound? I think it works. Like I said, let me go back and listen to what you've done recently. And if it sounds okay, and I don't see any other issues that pop up between now and then, I think we can probably make this happen. And scene. That's a, that was a good one, right? Uh, I'm a very easy boss. All right, let's do it. Let's do a more tank- cantankerous. Come ask me for a raise. I'm going to be the boss. Let's go. You're, you're a producer. And you know, and, and do you have a job offer in your back pocket? Do you want to be able to leave or not? Let's, let's try to figure that out. No, but I'm willing to start looking. No, I don't like that. You got to be able to, you have to look before. I'll tell you why. Because if you get backed into a corner, you have to know where you're going next. And so you can, you can have a conversation, but I would say that before, if you're going to have a money conversation, you need to be armed with research. And research is about what the jobs are paying out there and even not so much like a threat, but knowing in your head. So I think you have to know, you don't have to have a job in hand. You really have to be familiar with what's out there. You are going to come in, you're um, a CBS employee, you work in the newsroom, and you know that CNN Plus is hiring a gazillion people, and you know people who are over there, and they're making, let's say, I don't know, let's say 30 or 40% more than you're making right now, right? So you're making 100, you're a young producer, and you know that someone just got a job at making $135,000, at CNN Plus. So now- Come on in and talk to me. I'm your nasty boss. Knock, knock. Hey, Joe, is now a good time for the uh, the meeting that I had asked for? Absolutely. Come on in. Thank you. Thank you. So I won't take too much of your time. I'll make this quick. I know you're busy. So I just wanted to touch base with you. I've been, you know, I've been with CBS for, gosh, probably almost 10 years now. I love it. I really don't see myself wanting to work anywhere else. But, you know, things have changed in my life. Uh, I'm about to get married. We have a kid. When that happens, the cost of uh, everything else only goes up. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who work in the industry at other networks as well. And people talk and I kind of just get the sense that I'm probably being underpaid here at CBS. I could probably be getting more if I went elsewhere, which, you know, honestly, my first choice is to stay at CBS. So that's why I'm coming to you today to see if there's anything that you could do to uh, help me out in that regard. Hey, Mark, you know, you see this new guy who was hired at CBS, who's the new president? You hear how many jobs he's cutting? What do you, how am I supposed to do this? This is impossible. You're putting me in an impossible situation. Can you at least have a conversation with the guy and see if there's anything possible? Well, look, I can have a conversation. I know what the answer is. So just why don't you tell me right now, are you leaving or not? Uh, if this is the ultimate outcome, if you're telling me there's absolutely no wiggle room, then yeah, I would say odds are I'm probably going to be coming back into this office and giving you my notice in the near future. <clears throat> don't do that. I'm going to say, let me interrupt that, that you never want to say that because now, even if I give you a raise, I'm like, Hey, he's leaving. So well, you just told me you weren't. So let's just say you have that you're, you're in the middle of that conversation. And like, are you telling me you're leaving? I think that's what exactly when you say is I have absolutely no intention of leaving right now. I really don't. However, of course, if, <laughs> you know, if, if you push me into a corner, I would. So I think when you have like a cantankerous boss, you really have to just, it has to be like the ultimate sales job. So it'd have to be something like, you know, I get that there's so much pressure here. I too feel pressure. I know you feel pressure and I'm just trying to do the right thing for me and my family. I'm wondering if there's any room for you to negotiate. Is there anything you can do? And you just let it sit. 
And if anyone pushes you into a corner, you basically have to kind of lie and be like, I'm not going to leave because why would you tell them you were leaving unless you really were leaving, right? And I happen to know of a similar negotiation that occurred like this where somebody did get pushed into a corner and, you know, they stayed, but it was staying with like an asterisk. And so I don't love that. So I think that when you're asking for something you want and there's a reluctance in your boss, you kind of want to pull back a little bit and be like, oh, I get it because you can read between the lines and you can just say, hey, you know what? If this works, it would be great. I really would appreciate it. And I know that you understand that it's such a competitive marketplace. So, you know, I, I get it. I really would appreciate it if you could just get back to me and let me know what you think and don't make a decision right now. Always take the pressure off, right? And then the other thing about asking straight up for money is you can go in and just say, you know, I, I know right now that the range of jobs, you know, when we look ahead, you know, and you say like when the range of job people in my position, the range is $120,000 to $150,000. So I know that I'm being underpaid and I'd love to get back into, you know, I really want to be in the competitive market. Also, you can also ask pretty much, essentially, you know, do you think I'm doing a good job? And then also maybe in your back pocket, once you have the follow-up conversation, if they cannot give you money or they can't even give you like a, a full-on raise, ask for something else that you want. If you want to stay, if not, just be like, thank you. I consider, I, I, I really appreciate you taking, you know, trying, right? Like, and then go get a new job. Because if someone is not going to pay you what you're worth, you really do have to leave. How do you feel about that, Mark? This is why people dread having these interactions. It's just never, uh, it's never fun. I think it's hard. And I think that it's a competitive landscape. And I think you've got to be armed with information and you really have to know what you want. That's, I think, my big bottom line. You've got to know what you want. And that way you can ask for it. And don't want to be a jerk about it either. You know, that's the other thing. You know, we talked about this when um, Tom Brady stepped down and wrote his mantra about how thankful he was to the, the fans of Florida. And without thanking the New England Patriots organization or the New England Patriot fans, like if you're giving notice, there's just one little extra thing that I would like you to say, which is thank you so much. It's been great. It's a great opportunity. You want to leave well. You really do, right? If you're the person who's leaving, even if it's not true, don't burn bridges. Don't throw anyone under the bus on the way out. All right. That's it. That is our, our podcast today. That is our Friday program. And we really appreciate you listening. And also, listen, I if you are want to do this with us, you want to role play, you want to think through your career choices, let us know. If Even if you're the boss, if you're the boss, there's actually an interesting way to handle this so that you can you know, you can out negotiate people so easily just by having like a cool demeanor and not reacting, you know, to be just like, take the information and, hey, I get it. Oh my God, I totally under, like be really nice because the way you react in that moment could really determine whether or not that person stays and the, the terms under which the person will stay. Because people want to work with people they like, even for less money in many instances. Like, oh, I like Mark. I want to work here. He's a great guy. Or, oh, that Jill, she's horrible. Anything she says, you know, it makes me, it reinforces how much I hate her. You know, anything like that, if you can like shift the narrative or, you know, make sure that the person feels good on the way out, that's good too, right? So anyway, do that. We would love to help. And Mark, wouldn't this be great? This is a, this is my friend Raul's Jill on Life. This is the Jill on Life segment right here. 
because we want to make sure that you have uh, your career, which is so important, your your human capital. Like you really want to make sure you use this to the to the utmost of your ability and negotiate well on your own behalf. So let us help you negotiate. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button, fill out that form, and then of course you have to come on the air. You can't do this via email or notes. We can't do that. Mm-mm. And don't forget to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It's right there on the website. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Telercio is my boss today and our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. Please lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.